It is the Supercoach Professionals Podcast. Here we are, just three rounds left, or two rounds left, I should say, uh, before we hit the finals. So it is really the business end of the season. Peter Hanscom with us uh, to break it all down tonight. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Paul, how are you going? Yeah, doing well, doing very well. Um, Trying to stay in the hunt in some of my supercoach leagues. I think other ones um, maybe just heading for the consolation rounds. But, uh, you know, just um, as we were talking off air, a, a little bit of uh, switcheroos with things and things seemingly going well. But, geez, it's, it's been a tough year. And, and certainly kudos just to the people playing out there because some massive scores again um, this weekend. Absolutely. It's been... A tricky year, as you said, like in the past, there's been some, a lot of players that you'd sort of really rely on week in, week out, and some of those are just, as we know, fallen by the wayside, and there's been some, yeah, some unpredictable things happen this year. It's been very up and down. Well, other unpredictabilities include those injuries, so it's time to go through the injury report for Pat Lyons and Could You Bay Health and Injury Care. Wade Graham, um, basically, he had an ongoing groin injury that affected him in the match against the Raiders on Friday night. Played outstandingly um, in the first half. Put up 85 supercoach points in one half and then was rested for the rest of the game. Um, he is... Graham is saying that he feels like he could have got back out there if, if necessary. Um, and he'll be right for this week. He has been named. Pat just saying, looks like one to be managed week to week. I think they often have to just try playing on with this sort of injury and hope it doesn't flare up. So not a lot of confidence there, um, I guess. But at this stage, despite Wade Graham's good game against the Raiders, he's probably not um, really in your supercoach uh, sights anyway. And this would confirm it. Someone who is in a lot of people's supercoach teams and everyone else's sights is Caelan Ponga. Now, he's been named this week um, to return from a hamstring injury. Basically, um, he's gone through all the, the protocols, the run-throughs with the with the training and saying that you know he's ready to go. And Pat just saying, yep, sounds like he's back in action. So you could probably put him straight in your lineup this week. Um, a guy who played fullback but more of a half last week, Jerome Luai, um, suffered a syndesmosis injury in the left ankle on Friday night and their loss, Penrith's loss to the Broncos. Had a couple of specialist meetings. Um, Pat just saying we know what he thinks about syndesmosis. Good old syndesmosis again. Usually four weeks minimum for a decent ankle strain. Um, a couple of other guys were keeping an eye on. Jermaine Asako and Alex Johnston um, left the games early last week, but both named this week. So we'll keep an eye on those as well. And that, of course, injury report for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. If you live in the Sydney region, give Pat a call, or you can visit our website, www.supercoachpros.com, because if you click on the link on the upper right-hand side, you'll get 20% off your first visit to Pat. Uh, highly recommend him if you live in the region, Sydney, or, of course, the eastern suburbs. Let's go on to the best for round 19 now, and it was Latrell Mitchell leading the way, Pete, 129 supercoach points. A lot of big scorers for the Roosters in that game v Manly, but he was the pick of them. 
He was. Um, he he had an excellent game. He's really matured this year with st- with State of Origin, and he's becoming like it's it's been a bit of a tough year, as we've been saying on the show for outside backs. Um, but if you've got the cash, you can get him in there. Like he was, like I must admit, Manly was a bit, bit of a turnstile last weekend, but um, he was absolutely sensational. And he's got the, the advantage of being a goal kicker as well, and he's become. It's funny with his goal kicking. He seems better from wide of the post than he's in front, but um, he's got that advantage of goal kicking as well. And yeah, he's class all over. And yeah, I think you've, you've got to try and have him in your team this year, this year if you can. Yeah, I mean, a little bit inconsistent with the goal kicking, but still, you're happy he's doing that. Uh, he just adds another string to his bow. Another centre and winger that went large on the weekend, certainly tried his all for the Raiders v. the Sharks, was Joey Lalua. I thought he was outstanding, 117 supercoach points. The Raiders mathematically really now starting to drift away from top eight contention, but they are still in it, and as long as they are, guys like Lalua will be supercoach relevant. Mitch Barnett for the Knights, yes, Newcastle, aren't hunting for a top eight berth anymore, but they're playing hard to the end of the season, got some of their regular guys back from injury, um, and it's meaning that some of these players could be good pickups as PODs. Um, Barnett, 116 in that game. Fitzgibbon, 105, was another to go large. Um, and the two fullbacks that most of us started the year with, um, Tom Dravorovic, 115, and James Tedesco, 113, just going really massive and I guess now Origin is done it's the time probably unless you're sticking with Ponga but at least getting one of those guys in at fullback and racking up those points for your Supercoach finals Um, some more century makers Jake Friend a bit of a surprise but of course Roosters really did um, as Pete said hand um, the Seagulls a shellacking he scored 104 and I thought Eastern Masters with 103 point performance was outstanding for the Tigers versus Souths and another um, goal-kicking centre. So that's helping you there if you own him, and you should own him, um, because central winger has been hard to manage this year. He's been one of the few that's been pretty consistent and got a pretty nice high floor, all things considered. I should mention Valentine Holmes there as well, because he does have the dual position as a central winger for 95 for him. We'll talk about him a bit more as the show goes on. Let's move on now to those team changes and the opening game, well, Brisbane v Cronulla. Saka remains at fullback. He, of course, was switched there late uh, last week. Um, and so Darius Boyd will remain in the centres. Luke Lewis back for the Sharks in the Cowboys game versus Knights. We've seen Matt Scott and Jordan McLean named in the 21, but only as reserves. So another switcheroo with them, with Jake Clifford playing in the halves, Tamaria Martin. I think Ryan and I talked at the beginning of the year about potentially Martin playing fullback. Well, he's there now. Better late than never, I guess. Um, Caelan Ponga, speaking of fullbacks, he's back for the Knights, as is Sione Matautia. So it's Nick Meany uh, and Corey Dennis that have missed out for Newcastle with Ponga and, and Matautia in there. They, there was some talk of Meany um, keeping his spot in the three-quarter line, perhaps ahead of Nathan Ross. Could still happen, but at this stage, Ross has been named in the staying lineup, but on the in the centres, and Sean Kenny Dow back on the wing. Um, for Manly, um, well, they've lo- uh, they've got back Dylan Walker and George Tafua. Um, Sean Lane also reinstated as star- starter. Jake Jack Koshevsky's also in as a reserve, so he might be a late inclusion there. So they need to sort of ring the changes after that game. Um, while the Panthers, well, we mentioned in the injury report, Luai out. Peachy's been named fullback, but expecting to play left centre with Dean Farre, um, 
more likely to play at the back. That's what happened when he came, when Peachy came on in the game against Brisbane. Waka Blake um, might move, however, to the right. Peachy did play on the right uh, against Brisbane, but Peachy does prefer the left, and Blake usually is quite happy on the right, quite comfortable there. Trent Merrin's also been dropped to the bench in that game, so Isaiah Yeo will start in the middle third with Corey Harurunara, right edge, and Tyrone May also coming onto the bench. Jared Hayne has switched to wing with George Jennings out. Brad Takarangi will play right centre. Greg Luis Siahu is into the 21, so beware the auto emergency if you have him as a nufty. He could be a late, um, he could start playing some games here as the season um, draws to a close for Parramatta. Um, Dale Finucane and Kenny Bromwich swap um, for Melbourne, while Michael Old, um, Oldfield has to swap with Nick Gottrick because Oldfield had a shocker in the centres last week. And Joe Tarpany also back for the Raiders there at right edge. Uh, Blake Green and Toho Harris return for the Warriors with Simon Mannering going to 13 as there's no Adam Blair. Levi Pulu also into the 21. And the Roosters, well, Isaac Liu and Mitch Orbison come back via the bench. So Ryan Madison keeping his starting role. And Tyson Frizzell is back for your Dragons, Pete, with Luciano Leilua reverting back to the interchange. Let's look at the best for round 20 now. Predicted, predictor-wise, Viliami Kikau, 86, and Sean Johnson, 83, right up there with really good matchups against Manly and Gold Coast, respectively. Robbie Farrier was disappointing, as we said earlier um, last round, but uh, he actually is predicted to do very well against the Bulldogs, so keep an yeah, probably keep faith with him. He does have to pass the concussion protocol, however. Rob Jennings is another big one against Parramatta. We know they've struggled against outside backs all year. Reese Martin in that game against the Tigers, kicking goals also. Um, coming up, uh, we'll be running up against, I guess, Benji Marshall and David Nofaluma and yeah, Isan Masters, so there might be some room for him there. Toho Harris back for the Warriors and straight um, in should be straight into your lineup because the potential to go large against the Titans, both Barnett and Fitzgibbon going ballistic as edge runners last week. Roger Tuovasa Shek, we know what fullbacks can do against the Gold Coast. Damien Cook, he gets a downgrade, believe it or not, but still very highly rated. And then you've got the guy the likes of Angus Crichton also in there. Jason Tamalolo against Newcastle um, should do well. Josh Hodgson and we've seen Tavita Pangai Pete have some big games of late. Didn't even get through of a whole half last week and still went very well. Um, if he can get the minutes under his belt, he could be a big point scorer this week and the rest of the, the year. That's right. He was like a gadget man and when he scored that try against Penrith last week. He was sensational. He only, he only played about 40 minutes and yet he was still one of the best players on the park. And, you know, this young fellow is going to get better and better. And if you can have him in your team, he's a, he's a bit of a must. He's, he's just dynamite. He's a bit, reminds me a little bit of Taumalolo like that, just the energy and whatever that he brings. And, yeah, he's, he's, he's certainly got the ability to score as well. Highest price rises um, at the end of this round predicted. Um, Manasi Fainu and Nick Meany, if Meany did end up playing, would get nice price bumps. Um, and then you're looking at the likes of Jared Beal and Danny Levi, who aren't really super coach relevant. Um, Luke Garner, but again, um, it's probably too risky at this stage of the year. People are really have few trades left, so you're not really trying to convert anyone there. Maybe if you're looking at someone 
to get in now before he goes up in price as a potential keeper. So Sean Lane, you might think about Joey Leilua. He's on that list. If he'll kick out for some unknown reason, you don't already have him. And then Jordan Rappiner still a bit down that list. Even Esan Masters, who's been a little... Um, he's been pretty consistent, but um, certainly rising at the moment could be um, worth picking up this week after last week's big game. On the drop side of it, well, Munster and Smith are in that list, so maybe you're thinking about, um, you know, moving on from one of those guys. You probably want to do it before this round. Paul Gallon's another one on the list. Um, again, it might be sort of just outside your 17, but in your 25, and you're thinking maybe I can, I can convert and... Um, convert him as well. So they're probably the big three. Ryan James is on the list lower down, but you're probably holding on to him at this point. And the two round price rises, well, similar names to who we said above. And again, if you go to the website, you'll see more of that. Tavita, Tavita Pinga, Penga, who Pete just talked about, is someone on that list, as is Latrell Mitchell. So they should also be considered. But go to if you don't have the app, I mean, you've really got to have it if you're fighting for finals for overall. Um, you know, we're assuming most of the listeners do have it by now, but you can still go and get it, of course, either on the Google Play Store or on the um, iStore, iTunes Store or app. Um, and you can also go via our website, www.supercoachpros.com. Follow the links there. Um, Pete, only two rounds left before the finals. I know um, you and I are both um, in the lower half of the eight. Um, how are you? What's your strategy now with trades remaining? Are you looking at just continuing to make those, those trades, make sure you get there? Um, what's also your advice if you're in the top four as far as holding on to trades now that Origin's done and most um, players are back at pretty much full strength? It's a tricky one. I think that you need to keep your team, personally, I think you need to keep your team pretty solid and not, not rushing the trades just for the sake of it. Uh, have a look at who you've got that's, that's been scoring well. You know, you should have some certain players in your, your tenant we've been talking about all year, blokes like Taumalolo, et cetera. Um, so I would suggest that you don't go overboard with trades and just keep a couple up your sleeve, particularly just in case of things like injuries and, and so on at this time of the year, because the last thing you want to be doing is, is, is struggling along and then having to think about, um, you know, being in trouble if, if an injury comes along. You know, players like Sean Johnson, etc., been a little bit in and out this year. So, I would suggest keeping a couple aside, particularly uh, for that uh, possibility. Yeah, it'd be nice it'd be able to make a sideways move if one of your big name players. We saw Jared Croker go down last, uh, the week yeah. before last. So, yeah, I'm in the position where I'm fighting to get into the eight. So I'm probably. I've only got two trades left. I might even use one of them this week. Depending on, on how things are going, it might be a mid-round trade. But certainly, I think you want to have two for those finals minimum. And usually, um, I'd, I'd be placed with quite a few more trades at this point. I do like to hoard them, uh, usually. So if you've got four or six, I'd be saying try to hang on to it for those last four rounds if you can. Um Got a lot of tweets to get through, so we may as well start them now. And we'll start with Craig, who asks, Do I shoot the arrow to enough and get in Cleary? I have Lolo, Gerbo, Crichton, Reese Martin, Stimson, Widdop, Sean Johnson, Cody Walker, and Team Maria Martin. The CTW is a lottery. Fullback and hooker sorted for trades. 
We just talked about those trades, Pete. I, I should say Cleary predicted to get 345 points in his remaining six games. Um, but, you know, despite Jairo's injury, who we'll talk about a bit more um, in a moment, we've got another question about him, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, is it a bit too risky to make this trade right now? I, re- I, I want to see what he's gaining there. Um, like Getting rid of Arrow at the moment, I understand that he's probably a bit nervous after Arrow's performance last week, where he's only got 38 and because of the injury. Yeah, absolutely. You would have expected him to get, probably with all due respect to Newcastle, probably close to 100 in that game. Like He's been brilliant this year, Arrow. It makes you wonder whether he's going to actually get any better. And with, as we keep saying, like you mentioned before, about certain teams that are out of finals contention, um, if it comes to light in the next week or two that this bloke's got a... that he's got an injury, they may well say... The Titans may well say, listen, you're not going to do yourself any good by um, by continuing to play, and they might send him off for, for an operation or something, so it would be nice to know a little bit more information about it. I would be... I don't know whether Cleary is exactly the answer, though. Um, he, he seemed reasonably well off the halves. I I can understand why he's doing it. I, I think he's probably making that. It's a brave move, depending on where he is, whether he's on the edge of the finals, as you say. I would... I think he's probably making a brave call, but, yeah, I think he's making the right one to, to let him go. Well, we've got some more questions on Nathan Cleary, but let's go to the Gyro question now and see if we can break it down for all our listeners. Uh, under the radar asking Gyro what to do. Is he going to play another 20 and come off, seems so. He's even asked uh, for the NRL physio to weigh in uh, on Twitter Um what appeared to happen was an aggravation of the of a grade one posterior crucial ligament um, injury he'd suffered. Um, I think was it in Origin three where he certainly missed that game. It might have even been leading into that. Um, Pat, he's had his input for us. He's saying, look, it is difficult to say. It's not dangerous to play on, but it can be painful. We've seen Arrow play through a pretty painful rib injury earlier in the years. Um, but Pat's saying, look, it can feel hard to trust the knee and it might be smarter to miss a week or two just to feel better about it. And Pete, you're saying that, um, you know, with not much to play for, maybe that will happen. Look, the Titans might feel that a win this week, mathematically they're still alive, that he's got to play. So probably this week he's still going to play. But oh, I think you're right. If they lose this week and then they do the sums and there's just no way they can make the eight, um, he could be shut down. So that's the danger. Whether Cleary's the right option, we've got a couple of our guys asking about Cleary. So we've done a bit of research with our um, player forecast that we've got um, available to us as part of, of the predictor that spits out that information you see on the app. So we'll read those through in a moment. Let's just read these two tweets out, though. First, Pat asking, what do you think about Cleary with his good draw? I currently have Widdop and Johnson, but think he would be a good buy for this week, and then I can rotate the three depending on the matchup. While Eels Forever asks, hey guys, three trades left. Thoughts on going Fergo, SJ, and Cleary over the next two or three weeks, or save one trade for the run home for head to head finals depth? Not an issue. So we just put those four guys into a um, into the forecast, and certainly Widdop ending up best. Um, not a big week for him this week, but then it's looking at consistent scores of in the 60s or even 70s and a 90 to finish. 
Um, Cleary as 60 this week and 57 next week, and then a 72 in round 22. Now, Pat was asking about the rotations. Now, the 72 would actually beat Widdop and Johnson, who has 66 in round 22. So there is something to say for that if round 22 is an important game for you. Um, Sean Johnson is second, though, to Widdop with Cleary a clear third. Blake Ferguson is a bit below all three of those. We've got some more questions about centre and wingers coming up, so we could, or Eels Forever, maybe you're looking at that. Um, and also the question, I know you sort of talked about saving trades, Pete. Um, he's saying, can I, should I just save one? It seems like that, that would be smarter, maybe, than Blake Ferguson, who's predicted to score 336 in the final six rounds, a bit lower than those three halves. Yeah, I agree. At least he's got something up his sleeve, and it's so handy that you've got the predictor there um, giving you an idea of what's going to happen in the future. We can't predict things like injuries, but certainly having the predictor there can, has certainly made it, uh, makes the, the decision-making process a lot clearer. It's another, it's another great, uh, great, um, great little promo for the app, I have to say. Yeah, and if you go to the app now, since last week, basically, we've put up a new column which predicts the rest of the year. So it's done to the forecast of how many minutes they're playing this week. So if a guy's out this week, you're not going to see any forecast for them. But if they're playing, um, it will see it will work it out to those guys. You'll see a couple of guys who have, have rarely played this year, like a Luke Garner, be right at the top, Robbie Farah. Um, you probably need to look beyond those because they'll their scores will average out as the season goes on. But anyone that has sort of five, six, seven, eight more games um, sort of that they've played already this year, it's a really good guide um, to get an idea. And the player forecast that we're reading out for some of these questions is a little bit different to that. It's not so much based upon the minutes projected, but more the minutes played, but it's still giving you a really good idea of what, what we can expect in these final six rounds. Now, Centre and wingers, questions. Daniel Capasso asking, seems like deja vu, another CTW question. Wacker Blake Nofo, Luttrell, Rappanat, Cheekam, Holmes and Madison. Which two are the better options to bring in? We'll read them out for you according to the player forecast. Blake, only 44 this week, a high of 61 in round 22, another low in round 24, 46, a total of 316 over the next six weeks. Nofaluma, his highest is 63 next week, coming on the back of 54 this week. Does dip to 39 in round 22. That's easily his lowest, 306 total. Latrell Mitchell, he's the he's um, right up there as one of the best. 64 this week. He's got another 64 in round 23. Pretty solid all the way through. 53, his lowest in round 24 for 355 total. Jordan Rappiner, starting decently enough, 54 the next two weeks, and a 61 in round 22. Dips to 48 in round 23, and then a high of 62, um, or 63, I should say, in round 25, 333 total. Uh, Cheekam, um, we're probably, again, this is, this is the player forecast, so going off how many minutes he's played so far this year. So he's a bit lower, but obviously if you're projecting he's going he's gonna to play extra minutes now thanks to those injuries with the Tigers, that could bump him up. But at the moment, you're looking in the 40s for all of his scores, but a more consistent scoreline playing, obviously, in the edge rather than a centre and a winger. You see more consistent outputs. 283 for him, 
But again, have a look at the predictor because that's going on the minutes that he's projected to get for this week. So that will show him quite a bit higher than this player forecast. Valentine Holmes, 345 total. So he's right up there um, almost as high as Mitchell. Um, 62 is his highest, both in round 21 and 25. And 49, the lowest in round 23. So a nice ceiling for Holmes, obviously playing fullback, helping him. And Ryan Madison, now we need to, again... This is a player forecast, so it's going off the 80, a fact that he's played pretty much 80 minutes whenever he's played um, this year. So uh, some consistent scores all around that 58, 59, all the way up to 65 in round 23, and a projected total of 371. That's the highest um, there. Um, so probably looking at Madison and either Mitchell or Holmes, unless you really, really like Cheekam, but I would imagine there's a lot of risk with Michael Cheekam, Pete. Absolutely, there is. Um, yeah, he's only just sort of really started to come onto the boil a bit the second half of this year. I, you know, as we said, I really like uh, Mitchell has, has been um, fantastic. Holmes has is, is been absolutely rock solid. Um, and, and, you know, I really like him and Cronulla are flying a little bit under the radar at the moment. And, yeah, as you say, he's playing in his preferred, preferred position at fullback, so he's getting a bit more of the ball, can make a few more metres from that position. And you know, he, I think they're the two the two standouts. I think that once again, the predictor sums it up pretty well. Greg G asking, and certainly this is the theme of the day. Um, how many nuffs should be aiming you be aiming for, um, Pete? I think as little as you can get away with. If you've got a good 21, 22 man team, then you only need you know the other ones to be nuffs. Obviously, if you haven't managed a salary cap quite as well. Um, then you might need a couple more nubs. Certainly the AE can become a bit of a nightmare. Things have been a bit different this year, however, so you may end up with a few guys that are kind of um, potential starts each and every week, particularly the centre and winger position. So maybe the nufties aren't as typical as they have been under the old salary cap system, I should say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. uh, With... With last week, with um, I can't even remember his name, the winger that um, scored a try for the Dragons on debut. Pereira. Um, yeah, like his name hadn't even come up at all, and, and uh, like McGregor sort of rotated several players uh, to to make their first grade debut this year, and yeah, he came up and, and played the eighty minutes and, and scored a good try. Um, some some people might know, have Zach Lomax. He's still potential. He's in the twenty-one this week. Um, I, I talked earlier in the show about Greg Luisiano. I know a, a few people had him as a nufty from the start of the year. He could end up playing. So there is some risky business here because the last thing you'd want is a, is a guy like Lomax or Luisiano only playing 10 minutes or something off the bench, or even if they're playing the full 80, but, you know, and in a tough matchup on the wing, not getting much ball, and he's on your bench, but you want to use that VC loophole. You can't. Um, because of that fact. So there is a danger there, but there's danger the other way, unless you're loaded with trades, you're probably not able to do too much now with nufties. You're probably stuck with what you've got. Um, and, yeah, that's been the change with less trades this year and the different salary cap. Uh, Rob Elkington asks, Oh, Captain, my captain. Who to captain and what's with Johnson? Well, I can tell you what, Pete, if ever Sean Johnson's going to come good, it will be this week against the hapless Titans who just give up points to the entire spine, really, um, more than any other team. 
and the fact that Connor Watson had such a big day out last week, as predicted, um, surely that means good things for Sean Johnson. Maybe not only are you safe to start him, but you could even say, let's put the put the captaincy on him. Absolutely. I think that... Um, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, as we've been saying about the uh, the spine against the Titans, we would always say about how well the hookers are do against the against the Gold Coast. Um, and yeah, yeah, Johnson, you know, he's he can be a super coach star on his day. And, and while against Melbourne, you know, it was hard hard work for him. You would think, as you say, against the Titans, that he'd be it'd be a sensational matchup, uh, particularly as you know, as we've said. Earlier, earlier that you know other halves that have been so good previously like uh, Thurston's just you know not doing the job and and others as well so Johnson would be as you say the standout this week. Viliami Kikau is another that you could captain. He oh, even in a beaten team last week last Friday he was brilliant. Um, he just seems to have such a high floor for a guy that plays on an edge. You know, it's quite unbelievable. Um, he was compared to Sonny Bill Williams during the week, which is a massive call. But I yeah, do see is, it. That's I, a little bit... I can sort of see it a little bit. He's a, a little bit... Um, not quite the impact of Sonny Bill yet, but, gee, he makes some ground and mm. he's got a great pair of hands. I, you know, I really like him as a player. He's really come on something strong in the last six or eight weeks. And, yeah, he, he along with Peachy were the best ones for Penrith last week. Yeah, you can definitely... Um, Yes, consider captaining him. Absolutely. Mr. Smith has a couple of questions. He asks, what's the best option for 550k? And it can be in either the centre and winger, second row or front row. I really need the points to keep me in the top 1,000. And he also asks about Peachy playing fullback and he's wondering any idea how long he's there for. Well, we'll start with the second question first because, as we said at the start of the show, I would think, Pete, it's very unlikely Peachy actually plays fullback. Dean Faro went there on Friday night um, when Luai went off. Faro is quite adept at playing there. I know Peachy's been named at one, but I'd be kind of shocked if, if he ends up playing there, unless, you know, Griffin's thinking, trying to get him in a bit more space. I agree with you. Yeah, Peachy's uh, versatility is a bit of a killer for him. Um, you just don't... If you've got him in your team, he's great, but, yeah, you just don't... He's a bit like the box of chocolates. You don't know where he's going to end up. It's... Uh, it, he could be fullback, could be centre. Um, if one of the forwards goes off injured, he can go into second row. You know, he's, uh, Brad Fittler described him as his joker in the series, and that's that's what he's like at the moment. I, yeah, the fullback thing. I, it's been a cursed position for Penrith this year with, with Edwards going down as well. And DWZ is back this week, so DWZ yeah. may well play fullback. Well, as that's well, another so, one. He so. could play fullback. And Faro mm. or Blake could play on the wing. Exactly right. So I would think yeah. that Peachy's almost Buckley's to play fullback, um, even though he's yeah. going to wear number one. Maybe he was the only one brave enough to put on the jersey. As Pete said, it's been a bit of an injury nightmare, um, the number one for Penrith. So the other guys might not have wanted to wear the jersey. <laughs> um, as for the best players at, at um, the 550k, um, Tavita Pangai, he's only 450000 um, He would certainly be a good option. Um, guys like Madison, Fafita, um, that's Andrew Fafita, um, Toho Harris, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Now, we've found all those guys from, um, from the app. So, again, if you go to the app, 
and have a look at um, the predicted rounds 20 to 25 there on the top echelon. The highest of all, though, was Viliami Kikau. Now, whether you already have him, you probably do. Um, and he's a bit higher than 550 at 562. But he's the actually the highest um, around about what you're looking at, Mr. Smith. Paul Camino asks, Hopawade was quite underwhelming last start versus the Eels. In fact, he looked uninterested. Is it worth trading him out for Madison or do you feel this sideways trade? I have six left. Definitely. Again, we said earlier about the predictor saying Madison 370 to Hopawade's 323 with the highest of 60 in round 22 and a lowest of 46 in round 25. Pete, unless you've got a lot of trades, I still feel like this is this could be a, a, a move that you might regret. But even if you're thinking to be bold, maybe it's worthwhile just hanging on one more week to see what both players do because Madison's still coming back to full fitness and maybe Hopawade, um, you know, he only really had the one low game. Um and he just had no support. I mean, the Eels... I mean, the, sorry, the Bulldogs' halves just were inadequate. Tolman and Clemmer kept getting oh. in the way, and that doesn't help a fullback. No, it doesn't. Um, he, he didn't sort of really input himself into the game, though, but, yeah, he he didn't really... Yeah, it's, it's hard, as they say, when you're playing behind him. That team's getting beaten, and, you know, he's, he's got a pair of halves there that are 20 years old or whatever they are, and, yeah, it's, mm. it's not easy. And, but you, at least you do with he versus Madison, though, back to the, to the listener's question, is at least hop away to you're playing 80 minutes, so you know that you're going to get that 80 minutes every week with Madison. It's um, it's a little bit variable of the Roosters' pack. They've got um, a couple of other players back this week. They've got Orbison back, um, and so it could impact on Madison's minutes as well. Yeah, I just, I just worry with that injury. And the Tigers mm. have got back to their good defence the last two weeks. That's right. But they're very up and down in general. So Hopawadi still has a nice um, predicted match-up there because we know that fullbacks can do well against the West Tigers. Um, although the last two weeks they've been able to reasonably shut down. Mind you, Matt Dufty still ended up with a decent day um, with in mainly due to that comeback in the last bit um, at, at a Cogra two weeks ago. But you can see some some of the um, outside backs and other sort of creative players can do well against West Tigers. Yeah, I keep, as you say, I think I think you're right with your initial comment is that you're probably keeping for one more week and just see and just see if he doesn't do any good then next week. Then I would be I would be very very tempted to trade him. I am not a cartoon. Also asking, stick solid with Hopper or move him on. I think we've answered that with the um, with Paul's question. So I'm not a cartoon. We can say give him one more week. Um, and finally, Jared Salmon just saying, anyone else robbed by updates in their head to head? I was ahead by 70 on Monday morning, but lost by four when lockout was over. I haven't seen changes like that very much. I certainly didn't see it this weekend, Pete, but you got a feel for Jared. That hurts at this time of year too. Every win probably counts for most of us. Um, I know you and I are vastly battling out for that eighth spot, so I couldn't handle losing by four. <laughs> yeah, four points when we well we had a, a there was a draw in our competition, wasn't it? So, That's right, we've had a tie. That can happen. Yeah, so it, yeah, it, it does happen. Um, it's in very important. I was thinking just before off air with my own team, you've really got to keep on top of any 
of any late team changes and, and these things. Um, You've got to follow, again, us, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, and on the app and, and so on, and just keep an eye on those late team changes so that you, can, you don't put yourself at a disadvantage because, yeah. you know, so for example, if last week, Nanny uh, McDonald was named in the starting lineup for the Dragons and all of a sudden he wasn't there and it was a fairly late call and you and all of a sudden you've got a winger that's getting zero up and you might have met up against someone that um, um, might have scored 70 or 80 points on if the you, wing and then and that's the end of your round sort of thing. So If you're not on Twitter, get on it because we'll mm. we'll give you those answers every game, an hour before kickoff or, or even, you know, 45 minutes before kickoff. We'll give you those late team changes. Like Pete said, you have to know them at this point of the year. You don't want a copper zero or an auto emergency when you weren't expecting it. Um, mate, thank you. I know you're a bit under the weather today, so top job. And um, we'll talk. we might have you back next week even, so we'll yeah, see about that. Yeah, at least so, yeah. No, um, that's that's that was, uh, always, a, always a pleasure. All right, mate. Thank you so much, of course. I am Paul Grzadka. Um Good to be with you again this week. Good luck if you're in those head-to-head battles. I hope you get the win on the weekend and stay alive. And, of course, we'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now.